welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? It's going. It's going. It's going. How are you? I'm all right. I'm excited about this episode. Kind of. Okay. Parts of it I'm not so excited about. It's yeah. going to be a little bit tough to get through. Parts of it are really exciting. But this is our Mardi Gras episode. Woohoo! Fat Tuesday. Do you hear that? It's the sound of beads. Lots of beads. Because you can't have Mardi Gras without beads. You can. No, you can't. Well, it's more fun with them. if you're going to have fun, you can't. (laughs) Well, you got a lot of beads over there. I do. You have a lot of fun? (laughs) I had a lot of fun putting them all on at the same time. Well, before we dive into all the fun, (laughs) let's kick this off like we kick off everything. What are you drinking tonight? I'm having a hurricane. Very appropriate. I thought so. Mm Mm-hmm. Where'd you find the hurricane recipe? I found it in our episode from last week. So it's a low-carb hurricane. The Tiki Time episode. That's right. And it's in my little Tiki Man glass. You can see he has a nose. <laughs> it bumps out. It's important to have a nose when you have a face. It, it is. Otherwise. No offense to weird. those who don't have a nose. Mm. Yep. Mm. What are you drinking? I got ahead of myself. I'm drinking coffee. Why? Black, strong coffee. Why? I got stuff to do. Is there anything in your coffee? Uh, My coffee has a little bit of sugar-free French vanilla syrup in it. And that's it. You're no fun. It's a dainty little teacup, too. It is. I like your colors, though. You know what? It's perfect, though, because right in front of us, we have low-carb, super low-carb beignets that we made. Beignets. So this little teacup of really strong, dark coffee mm-hmm. is perfect for dunking these beignets in. Dunk, dunk. They're good. They're really good. If you don't know what a beignet is, it is a, it's like a donut. Didn't one of our kids like try to read what we had written down? Like, What's a big net? A big net. A big net. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is almost exactly like a donut. Instead of being round with a hole in the middle, this is a little square. And then you put powdered sugar on it. Um, and it's delightful. I mean, almost every culture, in terms of culinary culture, has some version of fried dough. Yep. And this just happens to be a French version, which is just synonymous with New Orleans, and especially Mardi Gras. Oh, yes. You cannot have Mardi Gras without beignets. It's required. <laughs> beignets and beads. And beads. And hurricanes. And hurricanes. And also king cake but we don't have a king cake but you should have one if you're having a mardi gras party and well, this don't forget to hide gonna, the baby in it oh, yeah this episode's gonna post before uh, mardi gras so you actually have an opportunity to listen to it before fat tuesday awesome but around our house we of course have beignets on mardi gras mm-hmm. usually some years we get a little creative one year we did the Zeppelis. Oh, yeah, the Zeppelis. Which is basically the Italian version. A little bit denser, a little bit tougher, but almost like a donut hole. They taste exactly the same. They're, and then you toss them in a paper bag while they come out of the fryer. They still got a little oil on them. They're super hot. Toss them in a bag. And we did powdered sugar. We did uh, cinnamon and sugar. Mm-hmm. We did chocolate and sugar. <laughs> this was before we went low carb. So they were really, really bad for you. <laughs> They were so good. The kids they were delicious. Loved them. Oh, yeah. They couldn't get enough. They each had their own little paper bag full of them. You know it's good when you have a little bag of donuts of whatever variety. Mm-hmm. And it's you can see the grease soaking into the sides of the brown paper bag. Yep. It's no different than going to the fair and getting elephant ears. Or 
go after cross country meets at the Fenville Open, mm-hmm. we would go to Crane's Pies, mm-hmm. and they had fresh, made to order tiny little donuts. Those are good. Those are really, really and good. And if you got them to go, they came in a paper bag, and you just see the grease soaking up the side. It's so good. And it's so rough trying to drive home and not eat them. Yeah. Well, as we go on and on and on about all these different fried dough recipes. <laughs> and by the way, the, the Zeppelis we did were, uh, were actually Mike Isabella's recipe out of his cookbook. Oh, yeah. It was. Because we were living in D.C. and we love Top Chef and we had it and we cook a lot of stuff out of there. And also we went to Graffiato a couple of times when it was open. It's not open anymore. No. But it was great. We won't get into all that. Nope. But it was across the street, so it was great. We could go there, and then we could go to a hockey game because mm-hmm. it was right next to where the, the Caps play. Yep. But for these, those were definitely not low-carb. These are. Yeah. So what's in our low-carb beignets? To make these, it takes a little time. Like You pretty much got to set aside two hours because, well, part of that is the dough has to rise. But once you have that dough set, I mean, these things cook super fast. So you can do the prep work if you've got people coming over, if you're having a Mardi Gras party or you just want to have beignets or... Heck, even like a Kentucky Derby party, these would be awesome for too. You can do the prep work, and then they fry real fast. Cool. To make them, you're going to need, and feel free to scale up or scale down this recipe. Okay, but... They made a lot. Yeah, this made like, what, 40 beignets? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we made little ones. They are tiny. You could make them larger or bigger, but if you stick with the Larger or bigger? Mm-hmm. Both. If you stick with the measurement <laughs> that we've got in this, prepare for about 40 little beignets. Yeah, bite-sized okay. ones. All right. What's so, in it? One and a half cups of warm water, and you want that like at bath temperature, not scalding hot, because we're going to be working with yeast. You don't want to kill the yeast, but you want to wake it up. You're going to need two teaspoons of sugar, and this is actual real sugar, not sugar substitute. And for those of you on low-carb going, what the hell? You guys have lost your mind. No, this is for the yeast. The yeast is going to wake up. It's going to be hungry. It's going to go to go to town, consuming all of this, and then it's going to be putting out alcohol and CO2. That CO2 gives you all those little nice little gas bubbles, give you the air pockets in your final product, and the alcohol as well. If you're someone who's counting macros and counting carbs, that alcohol cancels out. Yay, science! Hooray for science. Now Basically, you can have donuts. The yeast is going to eat up that sugar, and it's going to belch out al- alcohol and CO2. But that chemically is what's going on. It's yeah. fermentation at work. we got some fermentation going on. So don't worry about that two teaspoons of actual sugar. And speaking of the yeast, you're going to need two envelopes of your dry yeast you can get at the supermarket, mm-hmm. two eggs beaten, one cup of granulated uh, sweetener, so like a swerve sugar alternative. One cup of heavy cream, eight to nine cups of carb quick baking mix. This is something we just found and awesome. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's pretty similar to Bisquick. It is similar to very similar to Bisquick. They have a lot of recipes like it, but they've managed to keep the carbs down. Mm-hmm. You need four tablespoons of shortening, and then you're going to need something to fry in an oil, vegetable oil, coconut oil, whatever you want. We used uh, vegetable oil for this. And finally, one cup of confectioner sugar sweetener replacement. Swerve is the popular brand that most people use. Tastes pretty good. And that's uh, that confectioner sugar. So you do the little dusting at the end because the beignets, when they're hot, you put the little dusting across the top and it it's perfect. Yeah, I recommend getting a flour sifter and putting the Swerve confectioner sugar in there and then squeezing it and 
um, sprinkling it that way because if you just try to take <laughs> a clump in your hand and sprinkle it nicely with your you're gonna have a clump on the plate you're just gonna wind up with giant clumps so get the flour sifter and make your life easier and when they're hot part of it like will melt and it become almost a like glaze. a glaze and it's pretty awesome and it will sweeten up your coffee too so those are the ingredients to make it mix your water sugar and yeast in a large bowl and this is ultimately this is where your dough is going to be so don't think oh well i can hold the water and everything no no you're going to need some space. Mix it up good. Set it aside until it's nice and frothy. And that's going to be about 10 minutes. And it's really cool to watch, too. So if you got kids around, science. Science time. <laughs> you can you really, within that 10 minutes, you will see the yeast going to town. Then in a medium bowl, mix your eggs. Your, they've already beaten. Your granulate, granulated. Granulated? Yeah. Sounds like you're saying grandma. Yeah. Your grandma sugar. Your granulated, <laughs> granulated <laughs> sugar. And I've got that in air quotes. It's the uh, it's the swerve granulated sweetener and your heavy cream. Mix it all up. After your 10 minutes is up, add your egg mixture into your yeast mixture. So that's going into the big bowl and stir that up to combine. Then you're going to add four cups of the carb quick and stir to combine. Next up, is that your beads I hear? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you're going to add, um, what did I just add? The carb quick? Mm -hmm. Then you're going to add shortening and mix well. And it's easier if that shortening is warm. It's going to mix in a little bit better. You won't get big clumps of it in there. And you know, when I was doing this, I actually had uh, Good Eats, Alton Brown show on, and he was making biscuits. And he was talking about, instead of using shortening, use lard. I'm like, hmm. It, yeah. I Now I'm curious. I want to experiment with that. But this recipe calls for shortening. If you want to feel adventurous, go experiment with lard, but we haven't tried that one yet. Nope. After your shortening is mixed in well, you're going to add another four cups of carb quick and mix it until the dough forms. And so when you do the shortening, it's pretty wet. It's pretty gooey. By the time you put that second addition of four cups of carb quick, now it looks like bread dough. Mm -hmm. You're going to need the... You're about to need this, so if you look at it and go, I, there's no way it's too wet. I can't knead this yet. Sprinkle in a little bit of carb quick, but go a little bit at a time because you can't take it back out. You cannot. You're going to sprinkle a little bit of carb quick down on the counter, and just like you would do if you're making bread, you would sprinkle a little, or cookies, you put a little flour down so it doesn't stick to the counter. You do that, only you use your carb quick, plop down your dough, and knead that for one to two minutes. Then in a large bowl, grease it, and you're going to add your dough to it. Now, if you don't want to make a ton of dishes, what you can do if you got two people there is one's kneading the dough and the other one is washing out your giant bowl you just had. If you don't care about a bunch of dishes, just grab a different bowl. In terms of greasing it, just put a little bit of olive oil in. Mm -hmm. Roll it all around, coat the sides. You're going to put your dough in, flip it over, and really what you're going to do is just kind of get a coating around the outside of your dough so you don't get any dry spots on it. Then you're going to put a towel over the top and set it in a warm place for an hour. Your dough is going to rise, but don't expect it to be a giant rising like if you're working with normal flour. It, it will rise. You will notice a difference in size, but it's not going to be like a mushroom cloud of <laughs> dough. It's, it's definitely not like pizza dough. And if you've made handmade pizza, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. When your dough is risen, you're going to fill a large skillet or Dutch oven. We used a Dutch oven with two to three inches of oil. I like the Dutch oven because it has the higher sides just for safety. Because if there is a splash when you dump in some of your dough, you've still got the extra wall to kind of protect you. 
heat up your oil to 350 and we've got a big actually it's a big thermometer from the yeah, big thermometer i'm having a horrible time speaking to it's a good thing i'm not having booze <laughs> and i'm just having coffee uh he I, we have a thermometer from a turkey fryer mm-hmm. steamer setup we have and i use that and i clip it onto the side of the dutch oven and it's down in the oil so it gets to be a, a pretty good reading on what the temperature is you want it heated to 350 and honestly when i do this i try to keep it between 350 and 375 you don't want to drip nor you don't want to drop below 350 because then you're, uh, it's going to take forever to fry them. The inside is going to get all coated with oil and it's going to be greasy and heavy. And that's not what you want. You want them light and airy. And you want them fast cooking. So we want to fry up the outside and just bake the inside. Trap all that moisture inside. While your oil is heating up, you're going to roll out the dough until it's about an eighth to a quarter inch thick. And Jess, you've got one of those uh, rolling pins that has the little discs you put on the outside, mm-hmm. and they're already preset for measurements, and you just roll it out, and you used, uh, what'd you use for us, quarter inch? Yeah, I did use quarter inch. I couldn't find the one eighth inch, so quarter inch works great. And then I have a little metal tool that we use for making pasta. Uh, it's a f- like a fat, flat metal plate scraper, which curls yeah. up on a roll one point, and I took out my ruler. So I used that cutter, mm-hmm. and I used a ruler, I made little squares, two inch by two inch. Just made a grid. When the oil was up to temperature, I put the squares in. The first batch, I did four at a time, but I eventually, towards the end, got up to six at a time. And that was pretty much as many as I could do at a time without crowding it. You don't want them stuck together. Mm-mm. You're going to put them in your to your frying vessel of choice, in our case, the Dutch oven. Careful if you're having cocktails while you're doing this, because there will be tons of Dutch oven jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed <laughs> you crack me up <laughs> uh and you're going to cook them until until golden a good sign to look for when you put them in if they don't pop right back up to the surface right away your oil is too cold yep so hold off but you're gonna put them in they're they're gonna go to the bottom and almost immediately pop back up to the surface and it doesn't take long you're going to have to watch this and eyeball it when they get golden flip them real quick when the bottom side looks golden take them out Put them on a wire rack that's covered with paper towel, and that's to soak up the excess oil. And then you want to serve these while they're hot. Sprinkle that powdered sugar replacement, swerve stuff over the top, and that's it. Serve it with coffee. Serve it with a coffee cocktail. We have an episode for that, Wired for the Weekend. <laughs> serve it with a hurricane. Who cares? Hurricanes all the way. And again, of course, best while hot, but not bad cold, too. Yep. They're delicious. You'll love them. Make them. Cool. I need one real quick. Okay. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> so as I mentioned, Mardi Gras is this week coming up on a Tuesday. Woohoo! Was it you or was it Kid One asked me, is Mardi Gras on, tu- uh, on a Tuesday? <laughs> Mardi Gras. She goes, oh, I thought it was like yesterday. I'm like, no, it's always on Tuesday. Apparently we have some Hence the Marty. to do. Yeah, I know. Some well, they're taking Spanish. They don't know French. I'm from New Orleans. They should just know you this stuff. You literally are from New Orleans. I know. It's funny. When you told me, like, I'm from New Orleans, that's like when someone from, like, Battle Creek says, I'm from, I'm, I grew up outside of Detroit. How far outside of Detroit? Like, two hours. No, I actually am from New Orleans. Like, New Orleans, New Orleans. Yay me. Yay you. Yay me. There's yeah. that little picture of me. With your beads. With we should put beads. that up this week for, like, Throwback Thursday. We can put it up on Tuesday. It's me on um. We could Mardi Gras. You got to give it to with me with my beads. My parents took me to Mardi Gras in a stroller when we lived in New Orleans. I have questions. 
They said I liked it. Did you have it. to work for the beads or I just mean, you had to be it's cute? like a baby in a stroller. Right. They don't have to work for beads. <laughs> Woo! A little like strawberry blonde baby in a stroller. Nobody can tell that. Apparently it was freezing that year because you you're know all what? bundled I up. I bet you money it wasn't actually freezing. My mom was just worried I would get sick. She used to dress us in pants and long sleeves in the middle of January in Georgia when we lived there. Because she was afraid we'd get sick. Never mind the fact that it was like 85 degrees outside. It was winter and we would get sick. There Never are mind the, the sunburn pictures when you were a baby and she just figured you'd be like her and you she would you I'm would tan. tan. Magical tans. My mom's going to be so upset. She, she is. I don't know if she listens to it. She does. She does. <laughs> Sometimes. Not all of them. Anyways. Yeah. They took me to Mardi Gras. That was my first Mardi Gras. It might have been my only Mardi Gras. No, didn't you go to one other one? I don't know. Mm-mm. All right. Before we get into Mardi Gras, though, okay. how was your week? <laughs> it was a week. Something that warrants a Mardi Gras level of drinking. This hurricane should be a lot stronger for the week I just wrapped up. This apparently is the week where everything breaks in our house. <laughs> yeah, it does. So. <laughs> and the week that I got, like, everything going on except for time to do repairs. Yeah. So I can't hold that thought. Live with it for one week. Just let me get through the week. Well, that's all well and good. Except that it's the kitchen sink that broke and that's kind of a big deal. And the bathroom on the main floor. I don't really care about that. We have more bathrooms, but the kitchen sink. That is a pain in the rear. Mm-hmm. How was your week? It was long. It was uh, made me uh, wish I had more in this coffee than just coffee. <laughs> it was trying to get work done, and then the kids had, um, I hate late would start Wednesday, by the way. That goofs up my whole day. And then there was uh, ha- half day on uh, Friday, and of course, this coming Monday, they get the day off for President's Day. They get a half day on Tuesday, because uh, oh, the teachers, the teachers are getting, are getting vaccinated. vaccinated. Yeah, that's exciting. Which is exciting Good for the for teachers, them. but it's like, oh my god, I gotta get something done at Are some they point. gonna give them Wednesday off, too? No. Oh, well, I hope a lot of the teachers don't wind up calling us <laughs> but it'll because be, they don't feel good. It'll be late start Wednesday. Late start Wednesday. Whatever. That is. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. And then, oh, they had a snow day in there too, didn't they? I don't know. So no, long ago. we don't. I don't know. Um, Last Monday was a snow day? I can't remember. Or the week anymore. before. I don't remember. I don't know. I've been trying to get stuff done on the computer. And then with the relaunching mm-hmm. of uh, the hockey season, so we had uh, the Monday Night League, the AB League, kicked off last monday and then coming up this weekend we've got the c and 40 plus league uh taken off which i'm excited about plus that's where my team is Mm -hmm. so going that going on and then coaching oh we had some excitement going on this weekend oh yeah well i mean in addition to the usual games and coaching at the various levels uh, i was home for lunch in between coaching little kids to coaching bigger kids and I got a text, and we just finally got the A-OK to, to have actual games. So a team from Indiana was coming up to play Kid One's team. Super exciting. And, of course, we finally get a game, and, like, a whole bunch of the kids are like, yeah, I can't make it, can't make it. One's like, I'm going ice fishing. We're like, going ice fishing. go ice fishing after the game or something. <laughs> uh, so we were worried if we were going to have enough kids, but, you know, we looked at it and like, okay, we got one goalie confirmed, our kid. Mm-hmm. The second goalie's kind of like, yeah, yes, no, maybe, who knows, but that's just par for the course. And then we had 10 kids confirmed to skate, which is perfect. Two lines, you know, two kids at every position. We can switch it out. Anyway, I'm having lunch. I get a text message from the rink owner going, 
the team from Indiana just canceled. The weather, it's snow's picking up. Apparently, they're getting nailed down there. They don't want to travel. What are we gonna do? Everybody panic. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we'll you know, right before that ice time, uh, Kid Two's team was playing, so I was gonna be coaching that. So I knew I had ten year olds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we'll just grab some ten year olds and ask them to play a double header, and we'll we'll round out the lineup and we'll split and make two teams and have a scrimmage. It'll be fine. So that's when we started doing. So I'm coaching one game and meanwhile recruiting kids to go play. And I get off the bench and I'm like, go talk to the other two U12 coaches. And we're like, all right, what do we do? How do we split this up? And they're like, you know what? Let's keep our normal lineup together. I'm like, so we want like uh, our team versus a scab team. They're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. What's they a go, scab team? Just, you know, replacements, sub players. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm like, I'm fine with it. And they're like, but we don't know any of those kids. I'm like, I know them all because recruit them we had three from the travel team uh who came in and then the rest were all 10 year olds who i coach hmm. so like i'll go coach them so we had this this hodgepodge team of 10 year olds who had just played a game mm-hmm. up against 12 year olds well 11 and 12 year olds and i had the nine and 10 year olds so i went and i coached them grabbed one of the dads to help open and close the doors on the defensive end of the bench because they're not quite tall enough to jump over the bench <laughs> yeah on the wall they got short legs and we played a second game He's exciting, and I'm like, but I did tell them because uh, our second goalie showed up, and I'm like, well, you take him, I'll take kid one because I'm tired of coaching against kid one because I'm just torn. I'm like, I want to win, <laughs> but I don't want to see a bunch of people score on my daughter. Right. So she came down with us, and we had a really fun and exciting game. Um, my team won. Awesome. My Yay. my team of scab ten year olds and, so, and your kid and my my twelve year old or well, eleven year old in net and. Kid two played. He played awesome both games. I was really impressed with them. They stayed focused for two hours because this is our our kid on the spectrum, our kid with ADHD. Yeah, it's a really big deal. He doesn't usually do so well. He was in his, for his game. He was in the right place at the right time on every shift, and I've never seen him have so many shots on goal than he did in that game. And even some of his other coaches are like, "Holy cow!" Like he's not a super aggressive kid. He's not a powerful kid, but. Uh, he was just the puck just kept ending up in a stick and he kept firing it off the second game. He did uh, half of it, but he, you could tell he was getting tired towards the end and he was mm-hmm. just not really like the puck is just sitting there, you know, 20 feet from him. And it's like, dude, pounce on it. And he's just like, push off towards it. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> but we did great. And like one of his teammates, one of his line mates, uh, she wasn't sure if she had enough energy for a second game. And I'm like, come on, you, you can do it. Come on. She went out, she scored a goal, which was awesome. Yeah. It's her first year of hockey. So that was exciting to see. Like the coaches were excited for it. Like my, the head coach of um, Kid Two's U10 team, who I coach, like I'm his assistant coach. He was the one who gave me the world's best ass coach. Nice. He stuck around and he was the scorekeeper. So he was watching. He was like doing scorekeeping and cheering at the same time. I don't know. It was it was fun. It was a really fun day. And um, if you don't like hockey or youth hockey, you probably don't care about this story. But <laughs> that was the weekend. So that was like the highlight of the week for me. That's why I want to talk about it so much. But in terms of like workout, it wasn't my best week out workout week. Yeah. But I had that. I had stuff to do on the computer. I had work to do. What was that? That was my phone <laughs> crashing into the earth. Your phone crashed it? literally. I hope not. <laughs> All of those baby pictures will be gone. Oh, God. All right. So let's, <laughs> let's get into uh, our Fat Tuesday conversation. And we really are doing a little tongue-in-cheek play on words with Fat Tuesday. 
So we're going to talk about a few things, but let's take it literally first. In terms of Mardi Gras, what people traditionally think of with Mardi Gras. Food. Yeah. What is your favorite our Mardi Gras tradition that we do? Oh, we usually make gumbo or jambalaya, jambalaya or, or some other kind boys. of... Mm-hmm, or see, uh, Did like I do a seafood muffala- boil. Seafood boil. Did I do muffaladas one year? I think you did. Yeah. Um, so we do some sort of southern cajun type food or creole yeah but like it's somehow we are having seafood and we are having some kind of southern spices on it sorry i'm swallowing what you have two crazy long eyebrows and they're right in line with each other so it looks like you have a ginormous hair going across the side of your face and it is red so it's super distracting the whole eyebrow or just one like actual strand or two actual strands. I think it's two strands, but they're like right in a diagonal line with each other. So it just looks like one big hair going. Whoosh. You make it sound like I have a giant caterpillar crawling across my face. No, you definitely do not. Does your hurricane have absinthe in it? Are you tripping balls over here? It's not my fault you have long eyebrow hairs. I can go to the mall and get like flossed or whatever they're doing Apparently, with that. it is quite common for women to make their husband's hair appointments. And then also while they're making said appointment to go ahead and make an appointment for their husband to get their eyebrow eyebrows waxed. And then I don't think that's a service they do at the barbershop. I no, go to. but it is at the salons where some women but will I go send to the barbershop. their husbands to. And then once they get there and are in the chair, the salon people su- surprise the husbands with it. They're like, yeah, your wife made this appointment for you, didn't they? And the man will go, yes. Why? And she go, because she signed you up for an eyebrow wax. Do you want it? And. Is this like all your uh, your friends and their husbands? Do I get to make fun of the guys? Not any guys that you know. Damn it. Different set of friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. So distracting. You have secret friends. I have secret friends. They're from work. (laughs) Oh, those friends. You don't know them yet. (laughs) They're Indiana friends. (laughs) Maybe it's just an Indiana thing. I don't think so. It's not that eyebrow. Stop ripping your eyebrow hairs out. (laughs) I'm just, just trying to find make it. A mess. You Holy make shit! Now a whole bunch of them are out of place and catching the light. Well, I'm sorry. I need to get my little hairbrush and comb the eyebrows. <laughs> what the hell, Jessica? <laughs> Can we get back to Mardi Gras traditions? I guess. Just try not to look at you. What is your favorite Mardi Gras meals or dishes? Mm, I really like seafood boils. I, I would be happy eating that forever. Also, a big pile of steamed blue crab would be good. Lightly steamed oysters you like? I do. You don't yep. like them raw? Nope. They're, it's just a little bit too much slime if they're raw. Not too much that they come in like pieces of rubber, but... No, just a couple minutes in the steam is all it takes for oysters for me. I don't want them baked in the oven for like oysters Rockefeller. I don't love that. It's a little bit too crunchy then. Ugh. What do you like to have for Mardi Gras? I love, um, actually I love an etouffee. Oh my God. Etouffee. Especially like a crawfish etouffee. Yeah. That's uh, good. I love crawfish. Um, seafood boils are nice, but the etouffee just hits it for me. If not a jambalaya or a gumbo, I love some gumbo. In fact, this year we're gonna make. I'm making gumbo. Awesome. With uh, shrimp and chicken and andouille. Cauliflower rice. Yes. Yeah. I already have the okra because I like it with okra. Do you have a favorite Mardi Gras dessert? Beignets. 
The Zeppelis were good, but they were um, they're dense and yeah. uh, nice. Beignet is light and fluffy and airy. You remember that place we used to go to all the time in um, Arlington, Chase Virginia? And Chase and Tails in Arlington. It's one of those places. There's, they're all over the country so now, where you can get the the steamer bags of of seafood. Mm-hmm. Usually shrimp and crawfish. But they had lobster Alaskan and mussels and legs. clams and all sorts of seafood and mixtures. And they had the sausage in there and the corn and the potatoes and everything. Mm-hmm. They had awesome beignets. They really were. Amazing. Somewhere we have a, a video where is it kid one and kid two devoured a plate of beignets and they're going after they got powdered sugar all over the face. They look like they look like Al Pacino <laughs> from Scarface, just like covered in it, like talking about cockroaches. <laughs> And they're saying um, hello to their little friends they're as little, they're like little donut friends. They look like yeah. little little cokeheads, yeah, but covered in powdered sugar. It's funny. Yep. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's one of those places down the street from Wrigley Field. At least there was last time. Was it last it's time we took a Cubs? No, there. the time before we went to a Cubs game. Last time we ended up at Three Dots on a Dash and then went somewhere else. Afterwards, we were just going around. I was going through all the photos. <laughs> you had your bucket of rum at Wrigley. Yeah. And a few other cocktails. Then we went to Three Dots on Dash and had cocktails instead of including the uh, Shotopotamus and a bunch of other stuff. Then we went somewhere else for dinner and had cocktails. And then while we were waiting for the train to leave town, we're in the train station having cocktails. You don't remember any of this. That was quite the birthday, wasn't it? I remember some of it. <laughs> I don't remember drinking in the train station, though. Yeah, because it was like complete dive. It was like so shady. Oh, I remember it. I got it now. It was dark in there. Yeah, it was yeah dark in I know there. exactly what place you were talking about. They had good drinks. They did. They were delicious. Mm-hmm. Made for a fun train ride home. Mm-hmm. To be fair, if you're ever on the train when there's, especially when there's a Bears game in town, there's just people just toasting the whole way. It's mm-hmm. one big party wagon. It's pretty entertaining. How about you though? Favorite desserts? I don't, really, I don't have one. King cake. I don't really like it. It's pretty. How about the, the non-traditional, like, like uh, not the Mardi Gras, but, like, say, potchkeys? No. I don't like those either. Pancakes. And I don't understand why people like them. It's a Polish thing. It's got cream. Ugh. They don't necessarily... Well, actually, I think the true traditional ones have prune preserves in it. Oh, that's even worse. No, I don't really... Nothing like waking up on Ash Wednesday and having to poop all over the place from all the prunes you ate. <laughs> That'll wake up teach with, you to sin. Yeah, wake up with <laughs> diabetes and diarrhea. Um, no. you know they have them at the grocery store, and the kids love them because they're just donuts filled with stuff. But they do the, with they, cream. they do well. They do variety packs, and so then we have to go through them. And it's like, okay, no, we don't. You know, it's like two of these, two of these, and two of these. They come in six packs. Yeah, and they don't like the ones with apple filled. They don't are like gross. they don't like the raspberry ones. They do like the strawberry and the cherry ones. They do like the Bavarian cream and the chocolate. They don't like the prune, and almost everyone has a prune one in it. They don't like the blueberry ones, and so you got to go through and get the... Oh, they do like the lemon curd, but you have to go through all these going, oh, my God. Oh, and there's cream cheese, too. No. The, the local grocery store does, and so you have to go find the right combination and look for the little boxes they've checked off what's inside. It's yeah, exciting. Yeah, no, that's a lot of effort, so it's for a, good what's essentially a donut. you are the one that handles that with the kids, because... We haven't done it this year. I don't think we will. Probably not. We have 47 beignets to eat now, so I think we're good. No, I don't I don't really have a big Mardi Gras dessert that I really love. What about Mardi Gras beverages as you sit here with your hurricane? I mean, hurricanes are great. Pretty much any kind of tiki drink you can think of is my jam for Mardi Gras. 
the bigger, the better. Basically. Yeah. I need like a giant pimp cup that's decked out in, <laughs> in beads and maybe some sparkles. And then I can just Rhinestones. put probably a bunch of rum drinks inside of it all day on Tuesday. Go for it. Pesky work. Oh, well. No. What do you like to drink on Mardi Gras? I mean, my number one favorite would be the Sazerac. But if not a Sazerac, uh, probably a French 75. Nice. Fancy. Yeah. Fancy gin drink. Mm-hmm. All right, miss. Born in New Orleans. Within the city limits. Mm-hmm. You have a favorite Mardi Gras um, story? Not that you want to share? I don't have one. Well, you already shared a story. Yeah, but it's not like I remember it. I can't give you vivid <laughs> detail. I was like, Oh, that what? story when you're little. I thought you like, can't remember your favorite story. It was so good. As you sit here playing with your big giant pile of beads. I don't have one. Do you have one? Not really. Well, then, this was exciting. It was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we should go to Mardi Gras. We should. We Someday. keep saying that one of these days. It's I hard mean, to take off in February. now coronavirus, so that's a problem. But eventually, maybe there won't be a coronavirus pandemic that we all have to be afraid of. I don't know. It'd be nice. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into an endemic. Zombie apocalypse, whatever. Yeah, you probably want to stay away from Mardi Gras if that happens. Dude, Mardi Gras is shut down this year, at least the the parades. Now, they're doing ones where people are decorating their houses instead of floats. So instead of going standing still and letting the floats go by you, you go and drive in your car and look at everyone's house. That looks That's like kind of fun. And people are standing on the balconies like throwing, throwing beads. Things? That's cool. Uh, but they've shut down, like Bourbon Street is pretty much a ghost town. I think I saw that they're... Um, That's unfortunate. They have a 7 p.m. curfew. That's also unfortunate. Understandable, and, but And some of the like, key yeah. locations where people congregate and have pretty much block parties, they've so just the fenced French off. the French Quarter? Well, the French Quarter is pretty much shut down, but also like under some of the under overpasses where they hang out in the congregation points. They've fenced off those areas. Mm-hmm. They're patrolling. They're enforcing it mm-hmm. just uh, because they don't want a super spreader event. Yeah, that'd be really bad. want to keep everybody healthy. One day. One day we'll get back to normal. Someday. Let's then hope. we'll go to Mardi Gras. Yay. Yay. With the kids or without the kids? Oh, they're not invited to Mardi Gras. Marco is Mardi Gras on Tuesday. <laughs> Mardi Gras is always on Tuesday. We're never going to let kid one forget this. We are not. She's in so much trouble for that. (laughs) All right. Well, that is the traditional Mardi Gras stuff out of the way. But let's get down to our other little play on words with this. And that is to chew the fat, so to speak. Chew the fat. About being fat. Mm. Yeah. So (laughs) we have we've talked about it. We've touched on it other times because we do a lot of fitness and working out and dieting and exercise and everything. So let's talk, uh, let's just bring it right out and have the fat chat. Great. Yeah. Aren't you excited? No. This is not nearly enough alcohol for this conversation. Well. Good thing the kitchen is upstairs. Uh, bottoms up. Cheers. Cheers. And let's get to it. Here we go. Okay. All right. As we get started into uh, our fat chat, let's, yeah. let's just get a few things out of the way. First off, um, the point of this episode is not to do fat shaming no. of ourselves or others. Uh, everyone should love their body. They should be happy in their skin. They're ha- you know, If you're happy the way you are, cool. You do you. 
If you are unhappy and or experiencing negative health effects and or cannot enjoy life to the fullest, don't give up. You can make change happen. You are absolutely capable of that. And don't forget, um, well, how should I put this? People are buttholes. You're no fun. Yeah, fine. People are They are. Yeah, I'll have to believe that later. Some people are big ones. Uh, You cannot control what others say, do, or think. Mm-hmm. But you can control your own behavior. You can control what you do, how you think. You can control your attitude. Don't let the people who are assholes ruin your day, ruin your week, ruin your life. Don't give them rent inside of your head. Concentrate. Well, don't give them space rent-free in your head. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if they want to pay you rent, okay, Hurricane. you just need to fix it. All right, <laughs> Hurricane Girl. <laughs> concentrate on your behavior. Concentrate on what you can control. You. You. But as we go through this conversation, uh, you and I have been at that point where we were heavy. We were unhappy. We were, especially me, experiencing negative health effects. And it was time something had to give and something had to give a change. So that's what we're going to talk about it tonight. And maybe it relates to you. Maybe not. Maybe you're going, I'm happy the way I am. Awesome. That's great. Some chart at the doctor's office said, I'm heavy, but I like the way I am. Cool. Then leave it. We're not challenging you. We're not making fun of you. But Mm -hmm. for us... It wasn't working. Nope. And it wasn't going to, it was not sustainable, especially for me. Gravity is not your friend today. It's not going well for me. All right, so let's just jump right in. Let's get the hardest question out of the way. At the peak, how heavy slash big were you? At the peak, uh, I was over 325 pounds. In terms of big, uh, I mean, my suit size was a 56 portly. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with men's business suits, 56 is pretty big. Yeah. And then in terms of cut, you know, you got your slim cut, your traditional cut, your athletic cut. Your portly is basically your uh, big and tall, only not tall, like your short and fat guy. So pretty big and they were tight and like didn't wear a belt with my suits. I wore suspenders. And not for fashion purposes. And the choice was either if I wore the belt up over where my waistline should be, mm-hmm. I ran the risk of it sliding down and falling down. And if I wore it underneath the gut, then it just made my gut look even bigger. So I was like, all right, I'll just wear suspenders. Yep. Yeah. A lot of tailoring done on those suits, too. You had really cute suspenders. I know. I still like to wear the suspenders, even though like, I, I can wear <laughs> you definitely belts don't normally. need them anymore, but they are cute suspenders. Yeah. Like seersucker ones. Those seersucker ones are cute. I mm-hmm. do like those. And Jessica, do I dare ask at your peak what you hit? Not counting when you're pregnant. Because then <laughs> I you're lost weight when I was pregnant <laughs> times four. Then yeah, that's true. That's great. I like we've, that. We've talked about that story before. Uh, I will tell you how size how how large my pants were at my peak. That's I can cool. tell you that. Um, they were a size 20, probably should have been a size 22, but those are really hard to find in the store. And also, I just mentally could not make myself buy that size. So, 20. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you my weight number. I don't. It's fine. It's not happening. Were you, uh, were you a fat kid? No, I wasn't. I was a really, really super skinny kid. When I hit puberty, then, you know, you start to fluff up a little bit. I was kind of a chunky teenager, but by the time I turned 18, I had lost a whole bunch of weight. How about you? Were you a fat kid? 
I was not. Uh, now, what I did hate, what I did hate, um, a lot of my jeans were be what they were called back in the 80s and 90s, the husky cut. But here's the thing. I started doing taekwondo and soccer for a while, too, growing up. And so, like, I'd get really self-conscious. Like, we'd sit in gym class in our shorts and on the bleachers, and, like, all my friends had, like, little stick legs. And I actually had quads. And so I had muscular legs. And so putting on just the straight leg jeans for my waist size, it was hard to get it up over my thighs. Mm-hmm. So my parents always got me the husky size. But in terms of waistline and build, I I wasn't heavy. I wasn't fat. I was in shape. Because I also, oh yeah, there's also lots of Taekwondo. So there's a lot of kicking and jumping and all that. Uh, when I hit puberty, I or actually around fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, I did get chunkier. And around that time, I also started doing braces and the uh, appliances, orthodontia ahead of time. So those had plates. So it really chunked out my cheeks more because hmm. I had this piece that went in. There was a piece of plastic went between my teeth and my cheek. Ouch. So um, not only was that I put on a little weight before I started really having a big growth spurt and everything. Uh, I had this thing that really was like, might as well put cotton balls in my mouth and look like the Godfather. Well, Mar- Marlon Brando thing. <laughs> so if you look at the school pictures, it's like kind of lean faced or like chunky face for a year or two and then thinned out again. Um, my waistline didn't, I didn't get real chunky. And then like, of course, during most of puberty and, you know, middle school and high school, I was running cross country and I was wrestling and I was doing track and doing Taekwondo and playing hockey, roller hockey all the time. And I was very, very active. It wasn't until senior year of high school where I was, I was working and I was doing cat. Like I would go to school, get out of school, go over to a major international appliance manufacturer. We won't name them and do CAD until late at night, then come home and do homework that, uh, you know, that senior year I put on like 40 pounds and actually it was a little bit over 40 pounds and so by the time i got to like graduation my friends were like you know look like all of high school and you could tell in my face i had put on weight and my waistline i put on weight and there's actually a photo in the yearbook from the senior party where i'm jumping off the diving board and i've got a little bit of a belly uh but it wasn't too horrible and all through high school i wrestled at in the and even in eighth grade up through junior year wrestled in the 150s Occasionally, I would bump up and do wrestle in the 160s, uh, but I was always like the 150s, whatever they described the weight class that year. Like one year it was 150, 151, 52, you know. Um, and especially years where I had to do a lot of weight loss for it, I would, but you know, over time, by the end of the season, I'm down in the 140s. I didn't have to cut as much weight. In college, that's, you know, I've, I talked before, that's when I stopped working out as much. Uh, I would put on weight throughout the winter, and then I'd work all summer outside doing civil engineering projects, and I would lose weight. But I was hovering around uh, 190 to 230. And then uh, the end of my undergrad, where I wasn't sleeping much, I'd go for two days without sleeping, sometimes more than two days, like more than 48 hours without sleeping, and then crash and doing projects, taking 18, 19 credits and doing honor societies and everything. And it was just, you know, burning the candle at both ends with a blowtorch in the middle kind of thing. The weight really shot up. And then in grad school, when I really cranked up everything I was doing, my weight went through the roof and then working high stress jobs and yeah, just snowballed out. And like, it wasn't like, well, like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Like at one point in grad school, I, 
I even brought in a research assistant and said, look, I will design the project. You just pretty much have to be my performance manager to keep me honest. And we did really restrictive diets and exercise program. I lost some weight and I was able to get down from 250 to 230 in a semester, but I couldn't sustain it. And like the semester ended and she went off and did other things. And I started my dissertation and was like eating McDonald's before going to sit for three hours for an observation period and then doing McDonald's on the way home. And just sitting there and eating while I was writing on my computer and analyzing data. And yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but I guess I like rambled on beyond childhood. So how about you? (laughs) When did, when did the weight show up? Okay. So like I said, by the time I hit senior year, I lost a crap ton of weight. So I wasn't like, didn't have any more baby fat. I was very skinny. Actually, I was the size four for most of undergrad in college, which was excellent i was so cute um but then i was still cute Mm -hmm. yeah cute skinny blonde it's great um but then after college everyone convinced me you have to go to grad school you have to so i went to grad school and do you know what happens when you go to grad school you sit in class and then you have to sit outside of class and you have to read forever and you have to write papers and then you have to do projects and you also at least in our field which is applied behavior analysis you have to go to work where you then sit and observe other people's behavior for hours and hours on end. And then you have to graph that data that you take and you have to think through that and you have to write up reports and all that good stuff. Um, but it's a lot of sitting and it's a lot of hours in the classroom studying and doing projects and everything like that. So once I got down to Florida and started grad school, it was just hours and hours and hours of sitting on my butt studying and not exercising like there was no exercise happening i think you made us go for a walk once and i was so angry at you because well, we... i was exhausted and i was like i have a paper to write you're like we're going for a walk and i did not want to do that and there were a few times I was like let's go they have nice bike trails let's go do the bike trail well did i even have a bike down there yeah you did and we went like mm. twice and i was so winded and uncomfortable on the bike because i didn't fit on it there was the one time that I went ridiculous. rollerblading and we were just like, oh, this hurts. Plus, the food was delicious. I mean, Southern food is great. And that definitely did not help. Everything is fried and full of bread and it's wonderful. And yummy. And you can, and it's cheap down there. <laughs> yeah, and too. you cannot just sit on your butt all day and eat it nonstop. It's just not going to work out. I mean, there is we. I remember one conference we went to, and it was actually after grad school. We went down to Florida, and we found like a little patio at a restaurant bar, and we sat down and we ordered some appetizers and we were ordering drinks, and we had some friends hanging out. And then as they drifted off, the next group came in, and mm. we what was it like six hours or eight hours or something yeah. ridiculous? The name of that restaurant was called Mai Tai. Oh, that's right. So mm-hmm. for like eight hours, when we're sitting, we've got the beach right there. We just sat there and kept ordering food and ordering drinks. And like somebody would come for about an hour. And then as somebody else was showing up, they would leave. And it's like we just stood there and kind of held court. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not. But you think about it like that was a long time just to sit, eat and drink. And I don't was, remember eating anything. I remember drinking my tea after my tea. My tea. It was fantastic. But there was other times we'd go places when we were still in Tallahassee in grad yeah. school, where it's like we'd go hang out and people would get word that this is where Marco and Jessica are tonight, and they would show up. And then like one group would go, "Okay, we're calling a night." We're like, "Yeah, we're going to go to let us, uh, you know, finish our drinks." And before we were done, another wave of friends had shown up, and we're there for another several hours. Yeah, lots of sitting, lots of eating, no exercise. 
So yeah, that is when I packed on all of my weight. So with uh, especially also stress, there was a whole lot of stress, and that does not help your belly. That's true. So when uh, at its worst, how did you feel physically? Awful. Everything hurt. And I wasn't running, so it's not like everything hurts and I'm dying because I'm running. It's just everything aches nonstop forever. You cannot get comfortable. Um, you can sit like in a certain position for a little while, but as soon as you move, like it's like having creaky old lady body. It sucks. Um, and you probably shouldn't feel like that if you're in your 20s and don't have some other type of underlying medical condition. <laughs> um, felt tired all the time. Like, not just I'm so sleepy, but just absolutely physically exhausted. If I had to walk across campus at my work placement, I was winded by the time I would get there, which was ridiculous. Or if, God forbid, I had to, like, use CPI on a kid and that kid was a fighter, like, I would be out of breath and panting before it was all over. Um, just felt really, really awful. How about you? How did you feel? I mean, awful sums it up, but um, I was a hot mess when I was that big. Like, I could not sit in a chair correctly, comfortably, because, like, just the fat on your stomach would roll, so I'd be leaning back, especially, like, in an office chair. It always looked like I was uninterested because I'd be leaning back reclined because mm-hmm. it took the pressure off my, my organs, my stomach, my, my gut. Pelvis. My pelvis. It hurts your hips. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. Uh, snoring really bad, driving you nuts. I will say the best thing about your weight loss is that your snoring has pretty much disappeared. And that is so nice for me. No comment from the peanut gallery. No comment from the, yeah. (laughs) Uh, you know, you winded, hits it on the head and I had to, you know, it was just, I'd get winded walking between buildings. I get winded if I had to take the stairs. There was a lot of taking the elevator joints hurt felt miserable um did you ever have the thing where like your blood pressure would get really high and you could see my blood pressure was always high no but you could see your pulse like pulsating within your eyeball yeah that's terrifying well the other terrifying thing was when i was at its worst and this happened a few times and you just thought it was because i was so exhausted from not sleeping when it first happened but uh I like to laugh and I get, you get into those uncontrollable laughing fits where it's like not even making noise anymore, just shaking, you know, that's just how I've always been. And it got to the point, I remember sitting in Virginia where you said something and I was laughing really hard. And the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the ceiling and I'm on the floor and I had just, I had laughed so hard and I was so out of shape that laughing so hard put pressure on the blood flow and basically it's the same effect as if you lock you know you see the soldiers who lock their knees and they pass out because they cut off the blood flow back to the brain mm-hmm. same thing pass out blackout and that started happening more and more often and something you know it wasn't i didn't always fall out of the chair no but that happened at work once well that happened too yeah where nothing like being in your 20s running the office being the youngest person there and having to be carted off Right, I think it was right before my 29th birthday. Cart off on a gurney. I'm like, uh, I'll drive to the hospital. Like, no, you can't. Okay, somebody else take me to the hospital. No, I'll just ride in the back of the ambulance. No, yeah. you have to be on the gurney. Like, please don't wheel me out at this office. That was a terrifying phone call. <laughs> yeah. Which I missed because you had, we had babies. You had kid one and you were pregnant with kid two. Kid two was already here. No, not for this No? One. It was right before oh. I turned 30. Okay. Um, So I, you had just told me that we were going to have kid... Uh, Kid number two. Oh. Um, 
but it, it also got to the point where like things would be funny and I'd be so paranoid of laughing and enjoying life and enjoying the joke that it just makes you miserable because I like to laugh. I like to be happy and you know enjoy it. And it's just like, yeah, if I start laughing, I'm going to black out. But there was also times where you're talking and I like would black out in the chair and then come to you and just figured, oh, he's tired. It's like, no, I'm like blacking out. I'm so fat. <laughs> laughing this hard will actually knock me out. And then and that just weighs on you. I guess no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's a lot of puns in this episode, but that one wasn't intended. Sorry. Um, I like a bad joke. Yeah. So physically <laughs> it was just miserable. Um and there was I was pre diabetic. Actually, uh when they would do my my tests, they would come back, they go, We really should put you on medication. And you go, Can we push it off to next year? They're like, Well Okay, but if it doesn't improve We'll do it next year. And then, of course, like the you health insurance. avoid. I would avoid going to the doctor or the health insurance plan would change. And like that physician would no longer be covered. So we'd have to go find a new one. And they're like, well, we're back to baseline. So it's like, OK, kept. This is not an effective and a, a prudent medical strategy. But when you're in your 20s and early 30s, it's like, I'll just. I'll deal with this later. later. Uh, even though if had I not done anything, there might not be a later. No, you're me. really honestly, you're lucky you're not dead. Yeah. Well, especially the way I was driving myself. Uh, but that led to the wholesale lifestyle change, even location change, job change, everything. Um, but while we're on talk, we're talking about physical things. Uh, how did you feel mentally and emotionally at that point? Very, about very. your point, your high point. Bad. Um, That's deep, Jess. Well, here. Okay. Disordered eating is something that I am familiar with. I'm not going to get into it. That's enough of a statement for you all. Um, but I will say when I was at my heaviest, uh, those negative thoughts were running rampant in my head. Also running on like zero sleep for however many years because we have all these kids um, did not help the situation. And it was just negative thought after negative thought. And it was just... Every time, like if you and I would go out for date night, I would try and get dressed up and nothing fit right. And I wasn't this cute little blonde girl anymore. I was this super fat person trying very hard to be adorable, which was not working. And that was awful. Like it makes you feel really, really bad. So I think just in a very bad mental state for about a decade, which is a very long time to be in a bad mental state. I think that's all I want to say about that. How about you? Well, to borrow on yours, or piggyback on it, bad. Uh, <laughs> very bad. <laughs> very bad. Um, yeah, miserable. Um, you know, you, you like you said, you go to get clothes, nothing fits, or it doesn't look right, or you can't get nice-looking clothes in your size, or you're constantly having to get more, because I kept my weight just kept shooting up and up and up, and I kept having to go shopping for stuff. I mean, especially when you're going to get suits, and you're spending thousands of dollars on suits and tailoring, and then soon you have to go get them another set of suits. It just, and on the way up, you know, and there, this is a common joke you see all over the internet, like guys look in the mirror, and they see, like, the fit bodybuilder, and it's not what they and what they are and sure enough like you look in the mirror and it's just in denial of what's there until one morning you kind of look and like what the hell i don't have pecs i have man boobs moobs moobs um you said it yeah Sorry. you know I it's, think it's just, a really funny word like your your wife goes to give you a back rub and instead of rubbing the muscle you can just tell and you can feel the back fat and 
getting moved around. It's a really bad feeling. It makes you feel very bad about yourself. You feel very bad about yourself. I mean, there's times where I'm looking like some of my favorite baseball caps. I mean, people don't realize that when you put on that much weight, your head size and like, you know, like your crane, your skull doesn't change. Your brain doesn't change. No, but you've got so much extra fat around your face. Yeah. Baseball caps don't fit it the same. Um, you don't really re- realize until you lose the weight, your shoe size changes. You don't have fat feet anymore. I can actually wear smaller shoe sizes. Now, the bones haven't shrunk. Okay, I legit have never, ever thought that you had fat feet. No, but I've noticed, like, my running shoes, I'm running in a half size smaller. That's hilarious. And because, especially with running shoes, you want them snug. Yeah. Um, I'm tying them tighter. I had and I'm half size. Depending on the brand, sometimes I'm a full size smaller shoe size now than before. Interesting. I've never some of my dress shoes I put go to put them on. I've got to pull them so tight. They look awful. I'm like, oh my god, I just look like I borrowed my dad's shoes kind of thing. So you used to have Birkenstocks like a gazillion years ago when I met you. I'm so curious. Like I know that you got rid of them long before grad school and all this weight business i would have been so curious to see if those would have fit you um you know like while you were at your heaviest or if you would have had to have gotten like a bigger size that would be interesting yeah obviously it's too late to do that now for you but that would have been eye-opening i think well yes and speaking of eye-opening when when the eye-opening did come and it's like holy crap what the hell happened to me yeah and you're looking at you just feel awful you feel um, like a failure at least I did I felt like a failure uh, uh, I'm never gonna make it back down you know there's a period of like well why should I even try I'm never gonna be back to like my high school weight or you know okay but college weight wait I, getting back to high school weight is probably not yeah let me finish so a healthy goal for people probably not okay but it's like I'm never that that's not realistic and I just come and say well why even try I just want to like you know if I can get down to 250. That would be an achievement, which at that point, that would have been like a 75-pound weight loss right there. It would have been an achievement. Yeah. What? Um, but like even that was like a pipe dream. And and then there's like, and we'll get into this in a little bit too, but it's like, it's like how how people treat you and also how you perceive how people treat you. And how that factors into how you feel about yourself. And it's just miserable. And you add into like the physical components and you add in, like I talked about before, like I was afraid to get into a laugh, you know, just a laughing fit and really enjoy life because, yeah. Didn't want to wind up in the hospital because no. you laughed yourself. And then when the kids were little and they're like running around a park and it's like, I'm just too winded chasing them. Or and you're trying to have an active and normal life. and Or you're you chasing your one-year-old son, two-year-old son, and you fall off a railroad tie and you break your ankle because you're so friggin' fat and it's a lot of weight to take in a tiny bone all at once. That's I was me. upset because we went for a walk <laughs> and you dropped your iPod out there. So then I had to go get it. So then I'm cursing because like I'm exhausted. And I don't want to go back out and rewalk the circuit. And then I get the phone call at the farthest distance from you that you'd fallen and broken your ankle and the ambulance was coming in. And then I'm swearing because now I got to like <laughs> hustle my fat <laughs> back down to get you. Um, and like, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about our two little kids. Spoiler, that we had at that point. It was not a good day. <laughs> no. And I show up and there's like other moms like taking care of our kids and, you know, taking care of you and the paramedics are showing up and then of course we went to the hospital where we all contracted norovirus it was such so a we're hot home. yeah you got you got your broken ankle but then we're also like yeah there was some hot <laughs> going on For burning everyone, explosive hot <laughs> shit out the <laughs> while you're throwing up my mom had to go take care of us 
your aunt had to come because your mom contracted it. Ohio. <laughs> she did. She had to come take care of us because I broke my ankle. She was like, I'll come to help. And then we all got norovirus. The kids she were was like, like, oh my God, we're dying. Kid one and kid two were little babies. They're in the bathtub having baths. And all of a sudden you hear the screaming and crying. They're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden the projectile like vomiting and shitting in the tub. And yeah. Um. But yeah, my mom got sick, so sick that we wound up calling my dad, trying to get him to come from Ohio. He's like, oh, hell no, I don't want any piece of that Wait a minute, maybe. What's wrong with you all? Oh, you have the norovirus? I hope you all feel better soon. And a package of cookies arrived arrived two days later from my dad saying, get better soon. It was in the shape of like a band-aid and a syringe and a heart. They they were were very cute. They were very lovely cookies, but nobody could eat them because we were so sick. My mom's sister came and stood on I lost on the 15 pounds in two days. <laughs> the takeaway is don't get the norovirus because it's horrible. It's not sustained weight loss either. It is not. <laughs> it was such a bad week. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We've talked about how right. you felt physically and how you felt mentally. Yeah. Whoa, easy there. Sorry. Don't spray your drink. Uh how did people treat you mm. when you were at your heaviest? And like we break this down, we can break it down to professionally or personally, or even with me with coaching. Uh, um, why don't you? Why don't you start with professionally? How do you think people treated you? Honestly, I did not notice a big difference in how people treated me professionally, and I don't know if it's because by the time I started working with all of these people, I was already quite fluffy. Or if it's just because I'm a woman and I was already treated differently because I'm a woman. Or if it's because nobody actually cares in our field. Um, I would. Uh, okay. I, I have an argument with that later. I'm sure that you do. But yeah. for me personally, I did not notice a difference in how I was treated. Um, and I can say right now, because I am heavier than I would like to be right now. I am not noticing a difference in how I'm treated in this particular job at this particular setting right now. Personally... Like, my friends don't treat me any different, but people that are not my friends will sort of, like, keep me at an arm's distance. They will not take anything I have to say seriously. There is this whole, um, like, pack of moms. They are the super skinny moms that wear the Ugg boots. They have the very trendy hair. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. They will not give me the time of day. You, you guys understand what I'm talking about. You know the moms. They will not give me the time of day because I am fat, which is fine because if you're going to treat somebody that badly because they are just fat, I don't want to be your friend anyways. That is not the type of people I want to surround myself with. Um, But when I am like at a clothing store, the sales associates will not give me the time of day. I'm fat. They think that I'm not going to fit into their clothes anyways, which is not the case. Um, but they will not offer their assistance. I am invisible, and that is not a good feeling at all. It's really quite terrible. How about you? Oh, let's uh, let's start professionally, um, and then why I wanted to argue with you. I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even back in grad school, there were there were individuals in my lab who felt peers' opinions, professional opinions. Uh, as a researcher, as a scientist, as a clinician, we're invalid because, and as they would say repeatedly, they're fat. Okay. I, yeah, I know. 
I'm just I'm getting going. And this was more than one individual who were complete assholes. Uh, but really, it was linked to their weight. And I I was putting on weight at this point, and I was like getting very like mm, I'm uncomfortable with this. That continued out beyond the finishing of our doctorates because they would just get, doctorate. I don't have one, just so we're clear. No, no, are in the lab. Okay. We've all graduated. We all work out in the field and whatnot, and they still these individuals are still overheard making statements of, well, they're, they don't know because they're fat or they're dumb because or they're like, you know, they're wrong because they're fat. Okay. Just to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Two of those people I know specifically who you're talking about, they are just holes in general. They are. But still, they're holes. That's fine. But you're asking how people treated me. Okay. So they, Fair enough. Yeah. And as I got really started getting over the threshold of getting really heavy, yeah. they stopped speaking and interacting with me. True. So, okay, two instances, but fine. But as I moved up professionally, and even when I started getting out into government consulting and everything, not taken seriously because I was heavy. Mm-hmm. Some people were honest and open and said it, and other ones I could hear down the hallway, and other ones it was more of a possibly was just because I perceived it. Or whatnot, but when you have people go, oh, you you're an expert in behavior, but you're fat. Shouldn't you know how to can change your own behavior? And it's tough, even if you know all the principles, even if you know what you have to do. Making that call, making those changes, and going, look, I got deadlines, I got grant proposals, contract proposals, I got work that has to get done. Versus, let me go work out. Those competing contingencies. Sometimes you choose the work aspect, the stationary, the sedentary. Mm-hmm. Over the exercise in your personal. If you're a workaholic like me, you make poor choices and you end up with the consequences of it. I recognize I knew at that time what I was making bad choices, but I figured I'll fix it later because I'm it was in my twenties and I know everything at that point. <laughs> but that said, it's just it's hard to be taken. Seriously, you come off, you give project. It is what it is. Uh, you project lazy in a lot of people's minds. Oh, they're too lazy to eat right. They're too lazy to work out. No, maybe that's true for some people because we want you know the generation. But like for others, it's just because they're busy doing other things and they're not sleeping, not taking care of themselves because they're doing other things. The balance is definitely out of whack. But why is it out of whack? Is it because I was doing four jobs that should have been done by four different people full time? Well, in my case, yes. Was it the smart move in hindsight? Absolutely not. I should have like should have just stuck to my lane and taken more time to take care of myself. But it's a choice I made, and those are consequences of putting on weight, and now I've had to deal with it. And I could go down the line of just, you know, all the way from nasty comments from the CEO or actually the president of one of the companies I worked at and repeatedly would make jabs about my weight. Other people from my companies that I've worked for or over the years who would just make comments about my weight and the effectiveness of me as a behavioral psychologist, as a researcher, as an intelligence analyst, as a consultant, business consultant, how good I could be at my job, which really only requires uh, heavy lifting intellectually right? based on my physical appearance. But also even when I was working in the schools, I was putting on weight. I had kids who would just... You're fat. Clients. Dude, kids are so mean. Kids are brutal. They're so mean. Also, I was going through my memories the other day, and yeah. I got to one from when, mm, I think kid number two was like maybe 
four years old and we were watching Sesame Street and Melissa McCarthy was on as like the celebrity for the day or whatever. And he looked at the screen and he went, mommy's on TV. Yay. And he ran over and gave me a hug. And I was so upset because this was not like some, this was not in shape Melissa McCarthy because she's lost a lot of weight. And that's amazing. This was like Melissa McCarthy. Good for her. Old. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is what my child thinks I look like. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to you. Well, anyway, I go down the line professionally where it's it's difficult. It's difficult with job interviews going in there. And it's, you know, appearance matters, sadly. But it, it does. does. What's face the it facts, it, it matters. It uh, And people have inherent biases. And you they judge on appearance, even though they say, oh, you know, I don't judge. Everybody judges. It's just, it's how humans are. You're judged. It's evolutionary. On race. You're judged on weight. You're judged on age. You're now judged whether on people can overlook level, name, even your name, gets warrants judgment apparently during job interviews. It's great fun. Now, how people interpret that judging and how they over try to mitigate biases, but everyone's got a bias. Mm-hmm. Some can overlook that natural bias. Some can take that in, you know, into consideration better than others. Uh, that's just how humans are. There is a natural bias there. That's why when you do uh, opinion panels and secret shoppers and you do all these kind of things out there, when we do ratings for TVs in terms of who's watching what, you get a broad sample, a large pool of people because you can't just go off of one person. And you're just giving me that look like I'm going off a tangent, which no, I am. So, but no, you know, just... it is what it is. And you know, I'll try to I'll translate this over a little bit to coaching. When I started oh, coaching, I was about 270 pounds or 75 pounds. I maybe even 280. And there was a lot of crap that I took based on my appearance. Like how you know, coaching track and cross country, ugh, this guy doesn't even look like he could walk a 5K. How can he coach a 5K? Well, first off, it's not how fast I run it, it's how fast the kids do it. And they didn't seem to care that I knew the events. I knew how to do it. I knew how to motivate the kids. I knew how to get them excited. Uh, or all the running I get around the course, even though I was huge going through the woods. You are surprisingly fast. At your heaviest, you were surprisingly fast. Uh, well, am I heaviest here in Michigan or am I heaviest overall? Um, my heaviest Overall, as a- honestly, you are fast. I, I did enjoy being heavy and surprising the kids. Like we would go run hills or they would run hills and I'd or be down parachutes. there. And every so often I would run it. And because I understand running technique and I was very good at going up and down hills. I even was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would just go, okay. As I go charging past him, don't let the fat coach beat you. Now, if we had to go <laughs> a full long distance, you know, 5K, 10K, they would have beat my socks off. Of course they would. But all over the incline of just that short hill, I had them beat. Um, but the first year in track was was miserable some of those parents were just really nasty to me not just judging me on my weight but also i have a couple tattoos and um one is on oh, my no not a tattoo. i know i always put them in places where i can hide them professionally and when i want you know on my own time if i want to show them off i can mm-hmm. and i've got one on my ankle and so when i'm out coaching i'm wearing shorts because it's hot out in track Oh, they were all uptight about that. And, you know, the fat guy with the tattoos. Oh, no. I did have fun messing with one that goes, well, when did you get your tattoo? And I'm like, which one? And, like, blew her mind. But with cross country, you know, I, I go, I take over the team, and I leave four, I'm walking out from my car to the sidewalk the first day of middle school cross. Mm-hmm. And I've already got a mom on the sidewalk 
bitching about the fat guy who didn't already like me. I hadn't even opened my mouth yet. Didn't like the cult team culture I was going to bring and everything. I'm like, I just finished varsity track. So I haven't worked with any of the middle schoolers yet. And I've done um, two weeks of varsity cross country, which was a whopping one kid the first week and two kids the second week. So I'm walking up and she's already anti, you know, fat guy. She wanted the young fit runner that go run and hang out with her. Of course, the coach before me used to be, you know, young girl that she could live vicariously through who was planning her wedding and also inappropriate yeah very inappropriate uh so there i could do no right as the fat coach and i still got things through the years and there were still parents like i would run into at the elementary school like i remember christmas party and like i ran into a the parents of a kid that like our kid one was like oh blah 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 oh blah, blah, you know i'd say his name over so i ran into them at the not the christmas the halloween party introduced myself and they said oh we've seen your name oh you're the the track and cross country coach oh, oh yeah i am you don't do a lot of running do you and all i can think is like <laughs> you you have no like especially that day i had just done over thirty thousand steps on my fitbit going all over the the regional cross country course i was exhausted um but no i'm just fat guy under the tent eating all the snacks for sure yeah which like <laughs> It's so funny. I had people making fun of my weight um, and making comments about it, even when we had our banquets. And out of all the years I, I coached, it was probably what the last two and a half years at the banquets, people were like, no one really noticed, but like I didn't have a bite to eat at any of those. Never no. mind that I mean, this whole thing made me self conscious to eat around people because mm-hmm. I always felt like people were judging me, whether they mm-hmm. were or not. I became very self conscious about eating with people around you know and part of that too is like i take my time carrying on the conversation and everything and everybody would wrap up and i'd still have like a plate of food in front of me yeah coaches don't really get to eat well not just coaching but like business dinners and Mm -hmm. whatnot so i was like i used to like just dread business dinners especially and business lunches and working lunches and everything that horrible christmas party we used to have to go to oh yeah company oh my god you remember the one year the salad dressing was like almost like a pudding so awful the food was awful they didn't have enough food and this is a company that prided itself on its christmas party that we had to go to didn't have enough food i was heavily pregnant with kid number three and we were one of the tables that didn't get dinner the the president of the company was a former uh, lieutenant colonel and so he wanted just like in the military he wanted a big christmas dinner with his entire staff and everybody and like they had hr peer pressuring and guilt tripping people to go to this damn Christmas party that we didn't want to go to. And we're spread across the whole DC area. So it's a pain in the ass for everybody to get to. And then you go and there's not enough food and it's crappy food. Like we always like, it's always going to be beef, chicken, fish are going to be the three entrees. Mm-hmm. And, but it made the president of the company feel good about himself. And he'd invite his whole family and his in-laws. And it's just like, we don't want to be here. And everyone would walk out of the thing pissed off every year. And usually it was like, you know, they would announce the award winners of the best in the company, which would leave people pissed off. And then, of course, a month later, we always knew we'd find out, like, performance bonuses. If you got one of those awards was not what was promised in your contract because they had the previous January decided to change it but forgot to tell anybody about it. Just all the business missteps you could possibly make if you want to have happy employees. But we're getting off the topic of <laughs> being fat. Beignets so, are really good, y'all. Beignets are good. And then personally, um, you know, when you even around family and they're just, you can tell, like, looking you up and down and staring, like, hey, eyes up here, stop staring at my stomach. But, like, 
where were you guys making comments as I was drifting up? You just wait till I'm big and then give me a hard time. Do we want to get into what our kids have said to us about our weight over the years? I mean, I just told you that kid number two told me I was Melissa McCarthy on TV. So there's that. I will say our kids, when they look at pictures, sometimes they forget that dad used to be fat. Because it's been about two years since I've lost a ton of weight. And there was yo-yoing and coming down from my peak. That took a while to get really down around 250, 260. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the massive drop a couple of years ago. And then I've managed to hold down around 190. Mm-hmm. Kid number four. Kid number four does not know who you are in pictures. No, and neither does uh, Siri on my phone sometimes. When I go, Siri. I've had to try to train but it. The, to be me. fair, Siri does not know who kid number four is as a baby or, nor, or as a one-year-old. Nope. My kid phone it does, four, so don't say okay, no. Okay, well, on my phone, kid number four is a completely different child than like one-year-old kid number four and current kid number four, which uh, is hilarious. Also, Siri thinks that the Pampers baby... Is an actual person in our house. Well, because that Pampers baby shows up in a lot of photos. Because there's a lot of like a decade of diapers in our house. And so it's in the background of different photos. It's true. And so it recognizes that face. It's hilarious, though. But yeah, kid number four, like we look at pictures. She's like, who's that? And I'm like, that's daddy. Mm, no, it's not. Well, yeah, it is. It's daddy from a long time ago. I will say there's times, though, like, and even in cross country this last season, I was talking about, like, well, you know, I got a little bit more weight to lose. And, like, some of the parents are like, those who, and and some of them, especially since I'd been there so long, hadn't seen me at my worst, mm-hmm. um, are like, you've already lost enough. I'm like, I've got a little bit, I want to drop 10 more. And then um, if I can hold up that, great. But right now, I'm happy that I'm holding around 190, bouncing between 190, 195. Um, occasionally I go under 190, get down to like 188, but I'd be like, if I could do that same hovering mm-hmm. between 180, 185, I'd be happy. Okay. Not that I'm unhappy. Um, happier than I was definitely more <laughs> active, but that's kind of like where I want to be. All right. How about we, let's do this. Mm-hmm. What was the tipping mm-hmm. point for you to make a change? Cause you've made changes and I realize right now with the new job, uh, it, you were still trying to get in a new schedule and everything, but you've made lifestyle changes uh, and behavior changes. So what was the tipping point to um, really start making decisive change? I realize the change is still in process and it's like that, you know, the hashtag weight loss journey. Yeah, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Uh, it's not over yet. But at some point you went from just the laissez-faire, it is what it is, to like, I'm going to press on this. I'm just not going to accept what naturally happens by doing nothing. I mean, I would like to see all four of my children grow up. So there's that. It's a really big thing. Ever since we had kid number one, I've been seriously concerned with, is my child going, if I were to die today, would my child, would my child remember me? And... Weight being so heavy is a big part of that. And I knew that this was setting me on a path where I would probably not be around to see them in, I don't know, graduate high school, middle age. I don't know. Um, But I want them to have those memories of me as they're in each of those like milestone ages. I would like to be there to see it. I would like them to remember me being there to see them hit those ages. 
Um, also, I really like cute clothes. And the stores that I want to shop at don't carry the sizes that I was in. And that was super frustrating. And I realize this is extremely shallow, but that's what hit home hardest next to like watching my kids grow up. I wanted to buy the cute things and to look adorable in them. So yeah, that's, that's where I was. How about you? I would love to say, uh, it was when I, uh, blacked out at work and had to be carried off on a stretcher, but it wasn't. I would love to say, uh, it was going into, um, you know, dress, you know, men's you know, professional attire stores and not getting the time of day or being look like, you know, oh, you, because I'm in my, my jeans, my fat guy jeans and whatever could fit and couldn't get service until it became obvious that I was going to drop like two or three grand in that one shopping trip. Right. Uh, which is ridiculous that you have to like basically make it clear that you're buying several thousand dollars worth of clothing at that one shop at that one stop before they will actually give you attention and give you serious consideration. It's very much like that scene from Pretty Woman. Very much. Mm -hmm. uh, but that didn't push it. And it, it really came down to, and was uh, when we started doing activity trackers. Oh. And we had, I think my first one was the Nike Fuel Band. Yeah. Or Same. the Fuel Band SE. And also starting to play with some health monitoring, we, we finally got the first digital scale that uploaded to our phone. We got a blood pressure cuff that we could use. And um, also I started using an app on my phone that used the camera. You're still playing with those beats. It's all right. Where it would take my feet, finger and during the day I could sit for a moment at work, sit for a few minutes, especially if I was waiting for a phone call or something, and take my pulse and get my resting heart rate. And when all that data started going into a dashboard that I created, um, I'm a data guy. I'm looking at like, this isn't sustainable. Uh, I am going to die. I am not going to see my kids graduate high school. I'm a hot mess. And like, yeah, that became the tipping point. I, and like, I'm miserable. I'm uncomfortable. I can't even. I can't even sit and be comfortable. I can't lay down and be comfortable. I can't do anything fun. This something's got to give. Um, I think that was the tipping point. Yeah. Well, that just kind of took the air out of the room. Hmm, it did. I mean, tipping point, it makes sense though. Tipping points are like rock bottom. What is the bottom? Yeah. You or have to what, get to at this point, it's like a, a it's a peak for weight, but rock bottom of feeling. Yeah. Uh, what did you do to the start the weight loss and weight change? Because I know you're still going. Actually, I'm still going too. Um, and keep it off. I mean,. For the most recent that I've had the most success with, it was starting low carb. Um, I went all in. I It was New Year's. So I was like, I am going to do this. I got into an exercise bet with a friend of mine. Or not a bet, but like a partnership. We agreed that we were going to do... A pact. Um, yeah. We basically made a pact that we were going to... I think the first challenge that we did was sit-ups. Um, it was a 30-day sit-ups challenge. She said, we're going to do this. And I said, yeah, we're going to do it. And at the same time as starting that, I started low carb because I wanted to see if it would actually work for me because I had read a gazillion different personal stories from people saying, swearing up and down that this worked. This was the only thing that took the weight off, which everything else I had tried had not worked. Um, so I was like, well, I might as well just try low carb because everything else has not worked. So I did the sit up pact with my friend every single freaking day. 
100 sit-ups, different types of sit-ups, but I did them. And then I went all in on low carb and I lost a lot of weight. And I was like, holy crap, this actually worked. I can't believe it. Um, so I like keeping with the low carb when I'm not cheating, um, works really well for me. Obviously exercise and low carb is really, really great for success. It's just kind of complicated right now. How about you? As boring as it is. And people have asked me, what are you doing? What are you doing to lose weight? Cause people have noticed I've lost a little weight. <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little. You're hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, and it depends on how long somebody's known me. If they've known me for quite a while, they know I've gone from 325 to 190. Mm -hmm. Some have known me since 275 to 190 or 250. The biggest jump was when I went from 250 to 190 in less than a year. Yeah. Or 250 to 200 in less than a year. Um, yeah. So, you know, you tell them diet and exercise, and the diet in this case was low carb and watching my macros and everything and lots of exercise. Uh, and I know at one point when I started the low carb too, there was times where even like I was doing an ho adult hockey boot camp, and I was like, they're looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to make that adjustment, and they're like, you, you got the uh, the brew flu, <laughs> like you've been drinking, or it's like, like no, I'm just uh, relative trying to adjust to the calorie level that I should be at mm -hmm. versus like. 5,000 calories in a day or something ridiculous, like some Michael Phelps level without the level of performance. <laughs> um, you know, I went like cold turkey. I'm like, this is where I should be at and this is where we're going to be. And doing that it was rough. Um, but then people were like, oh, that's boring. Nothing exciting. I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything trending. So then I got to the point where it's like, fine, whiskey. The secret is I just drink whiskey. Now, yes, I do enjoy whiskey. Uh, yes, I've cut back on, you know, I don't drink a whole lot of beer anymore. Still do occasionally drink beer and I've swapped it out for whiskey or cocktails for when, when I do drink. But it's, it is kind of fun just to mess with people and go, yep, just drink whiskey. That's it. Straight whiskey. Just, there you go. just drink whiskey. I mean, don't, don't work out. Carb. It is. Yeah. Don't work out or anything. Just drink whiskey. It's like, it's more of like also partly of just like off. I'm not going into the details and you don't care. You don't really want to hear the details. You're being polite. So I'm going to be polite and humorous and facetious at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what it's been is diet and exercise and, and watching those macros and staying consistent. And, you know, early on and for most of my life, when I did attempt to uh, tackle this, and even when I tackled it in grad school, it was in behavior analysis. We do a lot of work with self-management and putting contingencies in place for yourself. That's great. And they're meant to be there like, a, like almost like if you break your arm, a cast that holds it in place, a structure around it while the bone heals until it can stand up on its own. And they remove the, the support structure, the reinforcement there. Mm -hmm. um, reinforcement in a structural sense, not a technical behavior analysis sense. But honestly, what really is keeping it going for me right now is not the, you know, the contrived um, artificial supports of you got to do this or else, or you got to do this to earn access to whatever, or you're the fear of the loss of or anything. It is the fear of the loss of life, the fear of, and even the fear of being fat again, but also like knowing like the reinforcement of knowing I have a shot of seeing my kids grow up and graduate high school and graduate college and walking my kids down the aisle, at least the girls and yeah, seeing the boys, boys had, who those kids become and getting to coach their hockey teams, which was just a blast on uh, Saturday, like coaching all three of them. 
Um, all those things, that's what's keeping it going. Plus getting to do stuff with you. Not being fat and miserable and like, oh, I'm uncomfortable sitting here and I have no energy to go walk our, or do anything. Our and bike trip. Our maybe. bike trip. Our, Could you imagine trying to do that at our heaviest? No. Being in the car for three hours would have been miserable. That would have been How about our Kai try we did in the UP together, that trip? I mean, yeah. it was eight hours to get there. And then it was pretty much half a day. And then we went exploring and we went and did waterfalls, little tiny short waterfalls. But it was beautiful. And we went to breweries and wineries and <laughs> wandered in downtown Escanaba, Michigan. Not in the moonlight. We did it in the afternoon. We did not do it in the um, moonlight. But all those kind of adventures, uh, we, at our heaviest, we would not have done that at we all. We would have died during the try. Hell, we're still like pumped. I can't wait the summer to go up there. Please let enough Corona go <laughs> down enough that we can go do this race because i am so looking forward to it i was really sad that we had to push it off same um and like hell the the kai the kai tries the aqua bikes the triathlons those are fun i really enjoy doing those with you mm-hmm. would love it if i could get you into hockey i know i'm not gonna win that battle it's uh, too cold so <laughs> Which, mm. yet yet the hockey smell is from sweating Ugh gross yeah no thank you unavailable yeah so those contingencies are what keep me going is uh the natural contingencies the long-term contingencies usually things that don't uh maintain behavior uh it's been a year and a half now almost almost two full years of just going hardcore on this yeah um, I am not there. I need actually need to put in myself. It's fine. Plan Everybody, everybody's different. That, that's where I'm at now. And yeah. I spent what decades, really decades of doing the other version. But the big, heavy contingencies naturally that are there behind it just were not enough to hold it. And the contrived ones work, but they work short term. If you don't have a good manager in place to constantly be a, uh, evaluating and tweaking and turning and adjusting those knobs basically to all the different levels and when you're swamped doing <laughs> insane work. amount of work it's just you're know, like do i sleep or do i go play with my performance data <laughs> i'm going to hell to sleep i'm passing out <laughs> um but something had to give also a really good movie <laughs> okay it has diane keaton in and and Jack Nicholson in it and Keanu Reeves. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites. How about this? Now that you've been losing a lot of weight, how do people treat you now? Um, I mean, my friends treat me the same. So that's good. I like that. That's good. Um, work again. Like, well, I, you're new to work. I am new to work. I have not noticed. Actually, I've gained weight since I started work and I have not noticed a change in how they're treating me at work. So that I can't complain about. I still crack up when you tell me like <clears throat> this person or that person or people, anybody in general over there find you intimidating or intimidated by you. It's um, like, <laughs> so I not intimidating. I am cracked up and a little bit horrified. Yeah, that was the thing. Not, Somebody... not mean, <laughs> not evil, not grumpy, intimidating. Well, you know your <laughs> You really do know your Somebody at work told me that I was intimidating and honestly it was one of the most horrifying comments I've ever gotten as a practitioner because that's never been my intent as as a BCBA like I don't want the people that work for me to think that I'm intimidating I want to be as open and as friendly as possible and I think that I'm presenting myself that way but this particular comment like seriously threw me 
And it just made me so upset that I actually went to a couple of other people at work and I was like, hey, am I intimidating? And one of the ladies that I asked actually laughed out loud to my face. And then she was like, wait, are you serious right now? No, you're not intimidating at all. Am I supposed to think you're intimidating? That's not going well for you. And I was like, no, I don't want you to think I'm intimidating. That's the thing. Um, And I reached out to a former student of mine and I asked her, I was like, did you ever once think that I was intimidating? And she goes, no, no, you were always very open and approachable. And I always really appreciated that. So thanks. You're not intimidating. I'm sure you're not intimidating now. Um, And that made me happy. But getting back on topic, um, work people are not treating me any different with weight. Um, Nobody seems to care too much. They are more concerned with whether or not I'm going to keep them from being beaten up that day (laughs) by a small child. (laughs) So there is that. But um, I will say with having lost weight, people that work in the stores are suddenly paying more attention to me. So that's, I guess, good. I don't know. I don't really... It's not bad. It's not bad, but also I kind of like being left alone while I'm shopping. There is that. Follow me around the store. Um, But I do like that I'm able to actually like flag somebody down if I do need assistance with something. That's nice. Um, Yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't. I'm still not in with the super skinny jean, short hair moms wearing Uggs group. But again, that's okay. Do you really want to be? Those are not my people. It's fine. How about you? What have you noticed? I noticed that there's a lot of people who think I've always been the skinny, those who just recently know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed that people's um, estimates on how old I am have greatly changed. So when I was 20, in my 20s, you either thought I was young but in my mid-30s or quite often pass for mid-40s. Now that I'm in my 40s, I got people going, you're what, like, it usually comes back somewhere between 29 and 33. That's funny. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm in my 40s. Um, so that, I mean, that's nice. Um, on athletic endeavors, I'm not getting kickback on my knowledge based on my weight and my waistline. Mm-hmm. Uh, work, I work remotely, so that doesn't really matter. But I would say, like, coaching and teaching, I can compare those because, like, and I we kind of skipped over it when I was when I was teaching and putting on weight at Florida state and uh, UMBC where I taught for a while too, you know, even looking at teacher reviews and um, UMBC, not so much. That was actually, it was amazing going in there. Um, the feedback I got was for an adjunct teacher, the first, my first term teaching there, they had never had an adjunct come in and get ratings that high. Nice. They're like, and you were, and yeah, at the same time you're rated as being one of the hardest ever, but the most loved. How the hell did you pull that off? Well, I learned a lot at Florida State teaching. I had some great instructors on how to be a teacher, how to be a professor. And um, part of that came from, apparently, I was naturally intimidating coming into the room. The kids, because they just figured, you know, they kind of learned. I was very knowledgeable. And I was, especially towards the end, I was fat. And I was big. And, you know, they're sitting there, and I'm towering over them vertically and horizontally. And that was the feedback that was going back through the department. Like, I got pulled into the the uh, associate chair one time going, you're scaring the crap out of the students. I'm like, <laughs> what did I say? Sorry. Nothing. You just stand there and you're imposing. That's hilarious to me. I don't know. What, what, what do I change? How do I become, you know, disarming? They're like, you. we don't know. You just got to figure it out. So, 
but apparently you walk into the room and you're scaring the crap out of them. That's so well, funny. Did so, you have a beard at the time? No, that I can didn't make have, you look I a little didn't bit have creepy. a beard at the time. And it was like, <laughs> um, but I like, apparently uh, I'm just scary and off-putting. And so trying to change my behavior. Um, yeah. Hilarious. But now I don't, I haven't had that problem uh, since I've lost weight and people are a little more receptive and friendlier and, and the same thing, go to stores and people want to help you and sell you crap. Yeah. <laughs> without you having to basically just wave around that door. I'm going to drop a load of money. <laughs> uh, it's nice, I guess. Uh, I will say looking in the mirror, though, it's harder on the way up. You're in like denial that you're that fat and you have this mental picture of yourself being skinnier than you really are. On the way down, the opposite is true. Um, and I will say, even as I was putting on weight and I was getting wider, like how often, and it became a running joke. I would walk into door jams around the house where we went places. Cause I didn't realize how wide I had gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, I looked like almost out of like lethal weapon. I was Mel Gibson trying to put my shoulder back into socket. And it's like, no, I just didn't realize how wide I am the way back down. Like when I see self in the mirror, sometimes I have to like remind myself like, holy shit, I'm skinny now. Yeah. Or skinny and way skinnier now because like just walking by a mirror and glancing, it's like I see that old Marco, the fat Marco, the Marco we've got photos of. And actually, the, even when we do the throwback, uh, was it throwback Thursday and flashback Fridays and transformation Tuesdays, we put up on our Instagram page, uh, Red AOHW, if you want the handle for that. Um, <laughs> it's there, it's hard to find some of those fat photos because I, hid from the camera like i took a lot of photos we have a lot of photos of the kids but it's hard for me to find ones especially at the the heaviest because i didn't like them or we would do cropping or i would say get rid of all the ones where my stomach's in it Um, have you looked on the blue phone i did go through the blue phone for a while now my old mac i gotta go through the hard drive on that um because it it probably has them but um i mean just going in our bathroom we got mirrors all over the place and there um Sometimes I have to stop and really look at it because it's like I still see and envision fat Marco and, you know, the 300 plus pound Marco and not the uh, sub 200 pound Marco. Um, It's just and even looking at that last time we did that Kai try up in the UP because we didn't do it last year. I was looking at him like, holy shit, I'm 40 pounds lighter than when we did that race. Imagine what my time will be when we go do it this summer. I hope it's better. It better be better. I'm sure it will be better. <laughs> but that's 40. You'll be waiting longer for I'm me in much better line. shape now. Like, I put up um, a running picture from it, and I was trying to decide between the running and the biking one, and the biking one will make it up at some point. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at it and, like, looking at the rolls and stuff in the stomach, and I've still got plenty of loose skin. We could all talk about the loose skin and no, the weight not. change stuff. It's not pretty when you get undressed. But, um, Yeah. Um, I, I went and did a Kai try and that was not my first triathlon. That was not my first Kai try, but I did that one. Actually, that was that the most recent it was the most recent one because we ran into COVID after that. That was the last one of the summer. We did the Apple UP one. UP one. Yeah, we did Apple Center Century. One. And then we got into last winter. And it was COVID and this past summer. There was no races. Nope. They were all canceled. So, uh, and I'm, um, 30, 40 pounds lighter than when I was there because I went and looked it up. So, yeah. Yay. Yay. Well, we can we could keep going on and on about this. We Hopefully not boring people. Hopefully other people are seeing insight into this. Hopefully people are going, they're not alone. 
uh, even if you've got degrees in psychology, degree, you know, specialties in behavior, you, it's wrestling with it, challenging it with us. Uh, I, I roll my eyes every time I see a colleague. You know, there's other colleagues like us in our field who have had to deal personally with weight loss. Mm-hmm. I do get annoyed with the ones that are going, I've had a struggle with this. I'm like, to what? You going, lost five pounds. For, to go from already in shape and surviving grad school in shape to getting more in shape and being a bodybuilder or a triathlete or whatever. Like we've done that too, but like, yeah. And you've done a net change of like five pounds or 10 pounds. It's just like, but you went from skinny to skinnier. Um, Now there's other ones like us who've done this, who've really done that. Like it, you, it becomes a matter of life and death almost. You, you really got to do extreme changes because you need to have extreme change. Um, so there's people like this, um, parents, working professionals, you can do it. And if you need to feel somebody else's pain, this is us talking about it for a little bit. <laughs> and if you just needed a beignet recipe, that's why we got that. Beignets, on the they're the best. What are our big Fat Tuesday takeaways we want from this episode, though? Your weight does not define you. You are not just a blob of fat. You are not just a skinny little toothpick. There is a whole lot more to you than what the number says on the scale. In addition, you can do it. You can lose the weight. It requires physical and mental work. uh, And it's changing behavior, changing actions. You have to engage in something. You have to make dietary changes. You have to increase exercise. Uh, You got to... Do away with that negative self-talk. You got to get some sleep. You know, sleep we've, is so important. We've talked about that holy trinity of weight loss, of diet, exercise, and sleep. And most people forget about that last one with sleep. But you really need to do that to change that chat- pattern of behavior and change your course that you're on. Mm-hmm. And you can do it. But it's not, uh, not going to happen overnight. You didn't get fat overnight. We didn't get fat overnight. Seems like you're not going to change it overnight. Uh, and... Don't expect a silver bullet. Don't expect a magic pill. Don't expect a light switch where you just flip it and you, you know, oh, I went for a one mile jog today and suddenly expect to see a difference in the mirror. It's going to take time and you got to stick with it. And I know that's not the popular answer. That's not the exciting answer. But that's, that's the answer that, that everybody answer. hates to hear. It is. But guess what? It works. The old tried and true. It does. Uh, if you're really serious about this and you're really having trouble doing it on your own, get outside help. Yep. Go see a dietitian or nutrition specialist with the diet piece. Go get a personal trainer to help you with the exercise piece so you do it in a safe manner. If you're Advi- having the disordered or the maladaptive thought processes, go see a cognitive behavioral psychologist. They can or definitely help you with it. a counselor or someone to help you through that, somebody who's trained and certified. Yep. And, of course, along the way, consult with your physician, especially if you are super heavy. Um, it's not worth having, you know, worth having a heart attack over. Mm-mm. You need to take this easy and move along and do it in progressive steps. And lastly, you got to love yourself. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. If you don't love yourself, you're not going to actually make the changes. You're going to do it for a little bit and then you're going to quit. Don't do that. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. You matter. Stick around. There's, it's Life is one hell of a show, and it's worth sticking around for. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of shows, we've got one last show to talk about, and that is the Red Arrow <laughs> Challenge, our weekly multi-sport challenge that's there to provide a little extra motivation. If you need help getting motivated to work out every week, we've got this. 
multiple uh, different sports, plus the composite points broken out by age group. And every week we give a shout out to the champions. And for the most recent, the most recently completed week, these are our champions. Swimming. Not a lot of swimming going on in February, but 20 to 29, Gator Boy, 40 to 49, Jesse's Girl. Running. 9 and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Lucky Dude, 20 to 29, H. Kaner, 305, 30 to 39, The Logan, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, Johnny B. Good, 60 to 69, Pac Mac, and out of our featured members, which are you and me, me. Walking. 9 and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, Smytha, 30 to 39, Alberto, 40 to 49, Coffee Dude, 50 to 59, Teddy, 68, 60 to 69, Sunny D, and our featured members, me. <laughs> Viking on road. 20 to 29, HK in your 305, 30 to 39, Cyclopath, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, AR Miller, 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill, and our featured members, me. Yay for trainers. Viking off road. 20 to 29, Husky Mike, 30 to 39, Dirt Devil, and 40 to 49, Cyclone. Sit down paddling. Um, not a lot of people want to get out in kayaks right now in February, why. but 30 to 39, <laughs> Rando 7. And 50 to 59 AR Miller. Now, keep in mind, sit down paddling. Also, uh, if you've got a rowing machine yeah. indoors, that counts as sit down paddling. Stand up paddling. 20 to 29 Gator Boy, 30 to 39 Me West, 40 to 49. Nobody, so that's wide open if you want to go for it. 50 to 59 Mary Mary, 60 to 69 Sunny D, feature members. Yeah, we didn't do that. <laughs> Cross country skiing. 20 to 29, Husky Mike, and that's Husky with an I. 30 to 39, Alberto. 40 to 49, El Tipper on 95. 50 to 59, Big Juan, 64. 60 to 69, Pac Mac. Skating. 20 to 29, Lexi with two X's. 30 to 39, Benny. 40 to 49, Coach T. 50 to 59, G Smith. 60 to 69, MRH313. And for our featured members, me. Hockey. 9 and under Yellow Ninja, 10 to 19 Soleil, 20 to 29 Luxie, 30 to 39 Moose Man, 40 to 49 Coach T, 50 to 59 Herb, 60 to 69 MRH313, featured members me. Points. Oh, that hurt. Sorry. 9 and under Easy E, 10 to 19 Soleil was on top, 20 to 29 H. Kaner, 305, 30 to 39 Alberto, 40 to 49 Coach T, 50 to 59 G. Smith, 60 to 69 Pac Mac, and our featured members were me. Yay. Well, on that note, though, I got some work to go do. Actually, I got to go get a uh, kid one to the rink because she's going to go play goalie. Good luck getting out of the driveway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Probably should clear the driveway, too. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> this was another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. We drop episodes every Monday. Check back. Check them out. We got a whole collection. This was the 50th episode. Wow. 50. 50. And by the way, shout out to 50. Peru. We just got a download from Peru for the first time. Peru. Peru. That's Somebody funny. in Peru listened Good to our for podcast. Peru. Thanks, Peru. That's fun. Check them out. We got a variety of topics. But until next time, Jessica. Yes. It was fun. Loads of fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye.